We want a quick fix. We want a solution right now. We want immediate gratification. If that's our approach, if that's the way we look at life, if that's the way we look at change in a corporation, we might as well not even try. Welcome to the Miles and the Markers podcast. I'm Gene Girdley. You are listening to the Miles and the Markers. It's the audio version of the book of the same name that can be found on Amazon by typing my name, Gene Girdley, G-E-N-E-G-I-R-D-L-E-Y, into the search box. And I am doing something a little different today. I'm sitting outside. Uh, I've been out here actually for six minutes trying to start the podcast. And you would not believe how loud the Jets have been these past six minutes. I mean, louder than I've ever heard them practicing here from Luke Air Force Base. And I'm hopeful that they've kind of settled down and they're going a different direction now. But I am grateful to the military and for all that they do to protect us and to serve our country. And you also may hear uh, like a fan in the background, maybe some birds in the background. I have sat outside before, but I'm actually doing this from my mobile phone and using my StreamYard. I'm only going to download the audio though. But I suppose if there's anybody out there who's like, Gene, I really want to see you. I want to see you do this. I suppose I can save the video and get it to you if you request it somehow. <laughs> but uh Anyway, this is mile 24. Learning requires involvement and coaching. It's actually the 23rd episode. And I just didn't want to sit inside the house. Did not want to sit inside the house. So as a result, there's background noise. The audio isn't perfect. But the message, I hope, will be clear. So as a background, I was uh, in retail set a goal to be a trainer for Saturn Corporation, achieved the goal, was hired, and now this is about my first day as a Saturn facilitator. And that's the way it begins. The first day as a Saturn facilitator included me observing a master trainer by the name of Charlie Brown. <laughs> no kidding. Charlie was anything, though, but a guy with a low self-esteem who paid a nickel for psychological counseling from Lucy. He was an experienced automotive professional who understood team building, customer experiences, and the Saturn way. Charlie came from the old school of automotive. He knew what a difference training could make on the lives of those in the room. So Charlie showed me what it was like to command a room while facilitating learning. And I want to stop there for a second and just comment that there is a difference between facilitating and training or teaching. Facilitating is about helping others discover. Helping others discover. So it's leading them to uncover the learning as opposed to just telling them what we may know. So yes, he was a trainer, back to the book now, but he demonstrated how to help others discover the teaching Charlie was the first person to teach me the concept made famous by Ben Franklin, quote, tell me and I'll forget, show me and I'll learn, involve me and I'll understand, end quote. 
It reminded me of another concept that I had learned, taught to me by author Jim Burns, who was also an expert in youth and family work. It was a different concept about discipleship, but somewhat similar. Quote, I'll do it and you watch, you do it and I'll watch, you do it and I'll go do something else. The bottom line is people don't learn by just hearing us talk. You know, even if people are considered an auditory learner, the more we involve other elements of our bodies, our minds, touching, seeing, and hearing, the more likely we are to process and keep something stored in our memory banks. That's part of the neuroscience of learning. And doing it over and over again in small chunks, sleep on it, do it again. So the bottom line is that people don't learn just by hearing this talk. So why do so many sales meetings, lessons, and webinars engage with the learner by just talking? Why do they not engage with the learner? Why do they not get them involved? Adult learning theory has been around for decades, yet instructors default to what's easy for them rather than what is best for the student. And I'm going to say that again because I've seen so many. Instructors default to what's easy for them rather than what is best for the student. And the sad part is that in a way they've been told by the organizations they serve to do that. And we'll get into that in a minute when I get into Corporate Training Boulevard. The next day it was my turn. So we were team teaching this. My facilitation began in the afternoon session with both Charlie and my friend Joe Jordan, who I've talked about before, looking on. They let me plow through the material without interruption, allowing me to struggle but still get through the content. Now, had I messed up in a big way, they would have been able to jump in and save the day for the participants. But things went well enough, and that wasn't necessary. And when the day ended, Joe and Charlie walked through a review process that I still use today. It's simple. It's called plus, minus, and interesting. Plus uses the plus symbol and identifies commendable things. It was a pleasant surprise to see most of the comments fell into this category. It was a strategic and essential learning to learn when evaluating talent. Focusing on the positives is vital to encouraging personal growth in others. The latest studies involving learning suggest learning that is skewed slightly to the positive is retained far better than neutral or negative reinforcement. Next came the minus section. Listed here were opportunities to improve, and one of the big ones was my use of the word um. I used um as a filler anytime I didn't know what to say or felt nervous. Rather than simply pause, um came out of my mouth. They counted 65 times in four hours that I used the word um. <laughs> um, um. The beautiful thing about having coaches to help identify opportunities like this is the next time you make a mistake, it's as if a loudspeaker goes off in your head reminding you, you did it again. If memory serves me well, the word um 
came out a few times the next morning, but by the afternoon, the term um rang in my head long before it came out of my mouth. I stopped saying it. Now you see the value of feedback. Feedback is nothing to fear. Instead, it is something you should all cherish. Jesus' disciples followed him for three years. Learning and understanding required a commitment and dedication to following philosophies and teachings proven over time. It isn't just about the teacher. My friend Jonathan Goebel, who at the time was CEO of Charthouse Learning, has led change at several large and smaller hospitals. He says real change takes a CEO five years to make it stick. Real change takes a CEO five years to make it stick. That may seem like a long time, but what is your purpose? Now, I'm going to pause here because how impatient the world is, how impatient boards of directors are, how impatient stockholders are, how impatient dealer principals are if they hire a GM uh, to make changes. And the expectation, or even a vendor, as an example, who may come in, who has a process that's been proven over time. We want a quick fix. We want a solution right now. We want immediate gratification. If that's our approach, if that's the way we look at life, if that's the way we look at change in a corporation, we might as well not even try. And at the same time, others can sabotage what you're trying to do. And that's happened to me in more cases than one. So, there's a famous saying, I'm back to the book now, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. There are plenty of mentors, teachers, and coaches ready and willing to help and support. The first step is for us to have a willing attitude and a mind hungry to learn and accept coaching. Got to have thick skin, folks. We got to recognize that people are doing it for our best interest when they tell us when they come to us and say, okay, we're doing some coaching here. We're actually spending some time to coach you on a particular topic. Now I've got a little side note here called corporate training Boulevard, and then I'll wrap up this mile with the mile marker. It says hardly anyone invests fully in training today. Hardly anyone. And when I say anyone, I don't mean individuals. There are a lot of people like me who love to read, who are very committed to always be learning in their own personal life. But corporately, hardly anyone, hardly any company invests fully in training today. Budgets have been slashed, staff sizes trimmed, and strategic processes have been all but eliminated in favor of technology, marketing gimmicks, and quick fixes. Training departments are more about firefighting than fire prevention. And I think this is important, and it's the point that I really wanna make here in this discussion about corporate training. Imagine if the fire department never inspected equipment or trained their team on how to put out a fire. I mean, you could just imagine that. I mean, literally pause this and think about that for a minute. Think about the outcomes. And of course, 
the argument from the corporate perspective would, would be, well, well, we're not we're not about trying to save people's lives. Well, yeah, you are in some cases. It just isn't acute. Now imagine if the fire chief began lighting the flames and the firefighters had to extinguish them. Imagine if the fire chief began lighting the flames and the firefighters had to extinguish them. I know for a fact that right now, some of you are sitting there going, oh man, I know that guy or gal. I have a leader in my organization just like that. They are constantly creating fires. You get the idea of what much of the corporate world is like, especially in automotive. Our training team and others used to follow a strict process of development, including a project manager, a writer, a subject matter expert, and a lead trainer. The lead trainer would pilot the project with real participants, gain feedback, and make corrections. The pilot was followed by a T3, which stands for train the trainer, for those delivering the materials who would observe the complete training in real time. Next were teach-back sessions, and then a team teach with either the project manager, the lead trainer, or the lead writer in attendance. The entire process to be certified to teach a new class took a minimum of three weeks. Now, three weeks was the amount of time that it took for the trainer who was hired to train the class. But that the rest of that process took months to prepare for really good training. Today, it's not uncommon for a trainer to receive a leader guide via FedEx and be expected to deliver training the following week with no coaching and nobody modeling the experience or setting expectations. Current training processes are absurd and the corporate world should be ashamed for slashing their training budgets. There is a proverb that says, you reap what you sow. This will, <laughs> I've seen it many, many times, come back to haunt corporations that do not adequately train their people. And recently I posted about, and this is especially true in dealerships, okay? There are a lot of people who go to dealerships and uh, they get full attention. But it's only if the dealer principal or the general manager or both are fully on board and say, you will attend the training and you will focus on it and you will implement it. There has to be expectations and accountability. But for the most part, a trainer goes into a dealership, most dealerships, and they, people get pulled out of the room. People don't attend because someone got sick or they forgot that the training was that day. Well, they never told me, the GM never told me, and they're off today. That's just so common. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's just absurd that anybody approaches their business that way. And I, I don't even know what to say. I just scratch my head thinking about that stuff. And I've been through this myself. I've been through the people who sabotage, who create fires all the time. And the plans that I had to lead and train and accomplish something very specific were thrown out the window because of other people's priorities. 
So over the week, now back to concluding this, over the week, Charlie and I team taught the class. It was awesome. There was so much to learn, and one can never replace the value of the learning and coaching received throughout the years from trainers and mentors like Charlie and Joe. Thanks, guys. 20-plus years later, they are still in my life offering feedback and advice. I love all of my Saturn team. And here's the mile marker. Get a coach. Find someone to help identify your opportunities to improve and to help you process your decisions. Also, mentor others who need your experience and insight. Well, thank you so much for listening to this mile. For putting up with whatever background noise there was. Uh, what you probably didn't hear uh, there were six minutes as I began this recording where the jets were so loud. I was just laughing. I just paused and laughed and paused. And then I finally just, I just started over. And you guys didn't hear that. But I am outside and I'm enjoying uh, the mister and the sun and, and sitting in the outside and getting some air. And you know, things in the world are rough right now. We're facing inflation. We're facing a lot of challenges. And when things get like this, you know, I, I think I'll wrap this by two additional thoughts. When things get like they are in the world today, corporations tend to slash training budgets because they, quote, can't afford it. But then on the flip side, because we know in most businesses, it's either feast or famine. It's just... It doesn't just go consistently over time. It's feast or famine. And when it's time to feast, I'm sorry, it's too busy. We have too many customers. We can't do training. And then when it's famine, sorry, we can't afford training. There are those, a handful, that are committed to training and they're successful. And they do it month in and month out and day in and day out. And they coach. And they're focused and committed and dedicated to training. And training is as much a part of their business model as marketing and advertising and sales process and reading spreadsheets and data analysis it's all part of it it's all there and that's why they're successful they make it a great rest of your week and until next time thanks for listening to the miles of the markers god bless